Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture, your home for great cables. You got a cable that you need with a custom length? Check out their Build a Cable program. Yeah. Uh, you want some really tiny patch cables? Check out the sliver. You just want a robust, near friggin' indestructible, like heavy duty instrument cable? Yeah. Check out the Slate series. You have some sort of like custom idea in mind, something, some sort of cable you're dreaming up. They can probably build it for you. They have a hundred year guarantee. Uh, that's incredible. Really nice guys. They'll take really good care of you. Uh, people have been talking on the group about their experiences dealing with Sinusoid, and everyone's having a great old time. Yep. Um, come in all sorts of fun colors and styles. I can't complain about them. They're cables. They work great. I mean, I could complain, but that's because I'm a complainer. Yeah, that's because you're like just a downer, Steve. You know what? I did complain about Sinusoid one time. What'd you say? I said that I thought their cables were too robust. They're too strong, and so they, Steve. And then they said, well, why don't you tell us what kind you like, and we'll build it for you. It'll make you a real weak one. And I was like, dang, dudes. Yeah. I... Do people still say I eat? No. All right, dang. Sorry, Steve. I'm old. They don't say dang either. Dang. <laughs> Dang, it feels good to be a dangster. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the show. <clears throat> yeah, let's do this thing. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Home, the guitar buying, selling, training, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing... Podcast. Oh, that was classy. This is a podcast. You nailed it, dude. I'm nailing the intro. That was, that was We're nice. drinking drinks. What are you drinking, Steve? Uh, Well, last episode... Oh, well, I guess you're going to talk about this one. So right now, I am drinking Jackie O's Pub and Brewery. Uh, this was sent to us by Esteban Vasquez. Uh, Jackie O's Pub and Brewery is uh, brewed and canned by Jackie O's in... Athens, Ohio. So this is ultra local to him. Yeah. Isn't Athens? Oh, that's Georgia. That's Georgia. I'm thinking of where like REM came from. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. So this is called a uh, Java the Stout. It's, it's a coffee really stout brewed with local roasted coffee beans. Not only is it good, but I cannot get over the freaking graphics on the this. The art is incredible. Uh, you got Java the Hut riding on a Tie Fighter with double fisting. Um, you got that's not what it sounds like. What is he double fisting, Steve? He's double fisting drinks. Okay, good. Everyone knows when you're double fisting, that means you got a beer in each hand. I thought it was a dirty sex thing, Steve. Um, you got like Godzilla on top of uh, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be Cloud City or the Alliance headquarters because all floating cities look the same. Yeah, you got Mothra shooting lasers at an Imperial Star Destroyer. Um, you've got the Millennium Falcon. You've got a forklift flying through space. And of course, the Death Star. This is this is a really intense graphic. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. They really hit it out of the but park. But this for sure. it's like perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And I'm drinking a Thimble Island Brewing Company uh not mutually assured destruction Russian Imperial Stout barrel aged 2016. 
brewed in Branford, Connecticut. Yeah, th- and this was the one I mentioned last episode was sent to us by Fred Manana. So thanks, guys. Yeah, big thanks. Um, we definitely, well, I, I can't speak for Ryan, but I definitely prefer uh, podcast fuel of this nature to Coors. You do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, cool- I'll never, I, I'm not. That's not a knock on cores, but like, I mean, the, no, this stuff is definitely more interesting. These are definitely interesting, and these are very unique flavors. I feel like they're very different from like things that we get locally. It is nice because we have so much beer in here in San Diego, but then you know we we get used to it. We've had Stone, we've had Alesmith, we've yeah. had you know all these things. It's nice to get stuff from other places. It's, for sure, it's an adventure for us. I'm actually about to take my first sip of this uh, of this barrel aged beer. It's gonna punch you in the mouth, dude. Here's here's here we go. What do you think? Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Mmm, I love anything barrel aged. You can really taste the wood in that. Like it's no, <laughs> that it's sounds like, bad. No, it's like sweet and woody. <laughs> I feel like I've got like a great big like just you know piece of wood in my mouth. Is that what you wanted from me, Steve? Yes. Are you happy now, Steve? Yep. We're going to have a little bit of a different episode here this week, uh, partially because... Um, this episode is airing the day after the end of NAM. Yeah, after we come back from NAM. Uh, so you are about to get just slammed for the next week or two, hopefully, potentially, with you know lots of gear-heavy NAM content from us. We're going to be sharing a condo with the Gear Slum podcast. Yeah, and with Daniel Shields of DS Engineering. Uh-huh. And we are potentially going to be meeting up with all kinds of other characters uh, from the gear world and doing little interviews and recordings. Yeah. Uh, Steve and I have some interesting new formats that we're going to experiment with on Saturday and Sunday. Yep. Uh, well, this episode is airing after the fact, so you might already know what we're talking about. Uh, you might not. not. You might not know, but we might be, have teased it on Instagram or Facebook or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so we're gonna do something a little bit different. We are gonna hit a couple ads, but we're also going to revisit something. Don't we, spoil it. We did a while back, and so uh, hopefully you'll enjoy that. You say don't spoil it, but I think I'm gonna tease it in the title, Steve. Oh, okay. Well, so might as well talk about it. Uh, a year ago, we had an episode where we talked about the new Star Wars movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Force Awakens. Because we're moderate nerds. Maybe Steve is a bigger nerd than I We'll, we'll find am. out. Um, we are going to talk about Rogue One yeah, as gonna, our topic. And uh, unfortunately, it won't be quite as timely as we would have liked, but I did not see it until uh, I was on vacation yeah. because, yeah, I mean, childcare. I got I to gotta figure out childcare for two children. Uh, yeah. And my my uh, my mom doesn't live two blocks away from me. So <laughs> you say that like I'm like made my life unfair by living close to my family. Like, Dang it, Ryan! You're so unfair to me. How dare you do this to me? How Ryan? dare you do this to me? Oh, uh, we can't all be like you. I just just it just happened to be where I found a house where I could live is a couple blocks from my family, and then when I had a kid, it uh, felt really nice. So let's tackle these two ads just to make this. This show have a little bit of gear in it. Maybe we should do one ad and then the Star Wars talk and then another ad. What do you think? No, let's just... Two ads. Let's just crank. Okay. This first ad was sent to us by Zach Medeiros. Medeiros? Medeiros? I think it's Medeiros. All right. Medeiros. I don't know. I'm sorry I mangled your name, Zach. Uh, I do not understand this ad. I do not understand how this is possible. I don't either. I don't know a lot about... 
you know, like amp design and how things work. But in my head, this shouldn't be yep. possible. This is in Ajax, Ontario, Canada. They're asking $1,000 Canadian, which is like $3 American. Um, this is a Marshall Lead 12 tube conversion. Well, you have to remember that this episode is airing after Trump becomes president, so the dollar will be like obviously the most powerful he's currency finished, in the world. He's finished the wall separating America and Canada. Canada's hit a major recession because they can't smuggle syrup here, over here anymore. The value of the Canadian dollar has just plummeted. Yep. I so see what you're getting. So at, anyway, Steve. this uh, this says uh, converted two tubes from solid state, basically a JTM 140 or JTM 45 circuit into a small combo 12 inch Celestian G12 H Heritage H ohm, 2x 6v6 3x 12x7 solid state rectifier true point to point. I think I understand what's going on here, but I feel like the title is really misleading. So the Marshall Lead 12 was a semi-popular. Um, I've found one here on Reverb that is a 1968 JTM45. Marshall 5005 Lead 12. I think that's a different Lead 12. This has the same chassis as this one, and it's only 250. No, that's bucks. 1986. Learn how to read. Oh, holy hell, Steve. You're right. 1986. That makes a lot more sense. Am I dyslexic? You've said before that you might be. I might be. At least numbers dyslexic. I'm looking at it, and it says 86, but I could have swore it said 68 earlier. You did say 68. I know, but I, I could have swore that's what it said. All right, anyway. I'm not here to diagnose your mental problems. Someone else diagnosed me over the podcast. Tell me if I'm dyslexic. Um... Yeah, so, so okay, what's the value it on that? It wouldn't be my first learning disability. What, what's the value on that? Well, that one says that it's worth 250 bucks. That sounds about right. So the Lead 12 was a kind of a is interesting solid state amp from Marshall. They're actually like, they have a bit of a cult following. Interesting. Um, like a lot of uh, certain pieces of 80s and 70s um, solid state. Whew, that beer uh, is something else. They, they carry kind of like a certain nostalgia. And I believe, like, the Lead 12 and also the Marshall Mini uh, stack hmm. were kind of these amps that, like, there were certain big players who kind of were like, yeah, when I'm in my uh, when I'm in my green room, this is that. But backstage, this is the amp I use. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm using the 100-watt Marshall on stage, but the Marshall Lead 12 is what I use for, for you know, songwriting. Yeah, on the sewer bus. Or, or whatever, like, or the Marshall Mini. So the Lead 12 has, like, a bit of a following that's, like, a very uniquely voiced, very specially voiced um, solid state amp. But again, like yeah, two fifty is about the most I feel like I've I've seen. I've definitely seen them listed for that. Um, but they're kind of again, it's it's a unique piece. Um, a lot of people love them as like the best budget guitar amp, and all these different things. Um, but they're what it is. They're just an old solid state amp, and for the most part. Solid state amps just don't have money. Yeah. Yeah. People don't typically collect them. People don't really like fight over them and don't get in bidding wars over them. And people don't go like, oh, this solid state amp is 
the one. You know, you yeah. got to get this. Because there's you know, you the mentality st- that a solid state all kind of like kind of sounds the same. You look them up and like some people are going to say like, oh, it sounds like a little solid state app. And, but for some reason, some like I said, there are people who are like they dime it. It's a it's a smallish amp. And they're like, oh, it's it's the sound I always wanted. Maybe those people are tone deaf. I'm not going to argue with those people because, you know, you and I both have a little bit of a sword love affair with various solid state amps. Yeah, it's true. So so if people um, have found a solid state amp that they like and they might not even understand why. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with them. So anyway, the weird thing on this is that it says it's converted from tubes to solid state. But what it really looks like. Is that somebody gutted the entire like the right. amp and rebuilt? Put put a new circuit into it. Yeah, because it doesn't look like. I mean, I don't need. How would that even make sense? Because a a solid state is going to have a completely different circuit structure, right? Like completely different. I would, I would expect it to. I'm about as well versed on this stuff as you are. Maybe someone who knows better than us. Like maybe if uh you know like. Tim Marcus or or Benson is listening. They can fill us in on the group, or any you know anyone else. Any of the ant builders in the group, or any ant builders who are listeners, can fill us in. Like maybe what's going on here. It just seems to me like like someone taking you know like a like a ninety eight Honda Civic and then saying like, oh, I did a diesel conversion on it. What are you talking about? You can't convert a regular engine to diesel like what have you done you mean you switched the engines right is that what you did you didn't change the existing engine into diesel like that's like what's happening in my head like that these two different technologies can't be converted back and forth i might be wrong on that but that's my instinct Mm -hmm. uh so this this is an interesting topic starter uh, if anyone wants to inform us on the group or write us an email, go for it. Yeah, by all means, I'm willing to be super wrong on this. Yeah. But the impression that I get from this ad, it makes it sound like, oh, yeah, I just went in and uh, popped, you know, I replaced uh, this chunk of circuit with the tube circuit and this other chunk of circuit with the tube circuit. But typically, at least looking at the topography of the amp, unless the amp, I say topography, looking at the external. And it's not like this guy just popped a single tube in and is like, oh, I changed this one part for two. Right. There's, I count there's, five tubes. There's three preamp tubes. There are two power amp tubes. But not only that, like typically a solid state amp will have like one transformer. It will only yeah. have the... This has two transformers. The power transformer, I, I want to say. Jeez, it's been a long time since i One I've is like an import stuff. or like a pre-transporter and like a, a power transformer, right? right? Power. Well, one is an output transformer That's and right. one is a power transformer. Right. This one has both of them. And in fact, in a lot of like small amps, and this is a thing I was always confused about with um, the... Um, uh, the Wang's VT1 that we have, uh-huh. or rather the Wong's VT1 uh-huh. that we have, um, is that it only has like this single, like, I think it's a class D power amp or maybe some other deal while be having like an output transformer. Um, but this guy, like I said, he has the power transformer and the output transformer. So, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what's going on My, here. But it makes me think that it's it's someone took the chassis, yeah, and they built around that. 
that's really my gut instinct is that they saw that they picked this up or they had it and like i've just got this amp box i'm gonna build a new amp into it yep because he says that it's a jtm 45 circuit that you can't morph or marshall lead 12 into a jtm 45 can you like it's not like there's just simple components you swap out do i look like i know anything about amps <laughs> it just seems it just you know tube conversion just seems that's the part it's, that is like throwing I, us off i feel like i feel like it's one of these things where after like pl- having had played guitar for like 20 years i would have heard of it yeah totally and this what me- this is is a good opportunity even though it's a thousand dollar gag, it's a good opportunity to show up to a gig and trick everyone to thinking you're getting like this incredible like tube tone out of a little solid state practice amp. Right. You know. Well, all you really need to do that is uh, that. Oh man, that would be kind of neat actually. Is to take like one of these little like again like the the wangs uh-huh. or wongs. I well I, I want to call it wangs because it's more fun for me. I want to call it wangs because that's what Darren calls them. Um, but uh, to take that, put it inside of like a little practice amp. Uh huh. Just disc open up. Take the head. Take the amp part out of the practice amp. Disconnect the jack. Run a cable like run a female cable, female to male. That's plugged into like your little yeah. tube head that's hidden inside of your like crate. Yeah, one, yeah. One by eight or whatever and go to town. Totally. Go just straight into town. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Let's move on to the next ad. Sure. This ad is sent to us by Charlie Vinegar. Winnegar. It's a Winnegar, right? It's Vinegar if you're a checkoff from Star Trek. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Captain. All right. Uh, this is called. Custom guitar for sale, $450 in Ohio. This thing is bananas. You know, I didn't really understand what was weird about it until you are like, no, dude, look at it. Uh, it says, I had this guitar made for me about a year ago, and I loved it, but now I'm selling it? But I'm in college, and right now I need the money more than I need it. It's fretless with shallow fret grooves left in to allow players to still navigate the fretboard with ease. Does that just mean they pulled the frets yes. out and didn't fill them? Yes. All right. Inspired by the Fender Mustang body style. No, that just looks like the Mustang body. Anyway. Yeah. Has a tremolo. Did I say that right? Yeah, but it has a it has a Jaguar slash Jazzmaster right. uh, trim instead of a Mustang. Two custom humbuckers with on-off switches, tone knob, volume knob, horse stylings on the fretboard, uh, an etched plate on the back with NMB written on it. Everything works. Great through my, through any amp, not just his amp. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I you know a lot of guitars only sound good through the amp of the original owner, so it's good to know that other amps will take this guitar. Uh, only has minor scuffs on the back of the body. Light, easy to handle, and one of a kind. Will come with case, slide slide bar, guitar pick, guitar strap, tremolo bar. Everything a new player needs or just an added bonus for, for a veteran you player. You know, a lot of guitars don't come with picks. And that's always frustrating me when I get a new guitar and it doesn't come with a pick. I'm like, how am I going to play this thing? You're a dork. How am I going to... I don't have a pick for this guitar. I have picks for my other guitars. How am I going to play this guitar? So I'm glad it comes with a pick. I just have like two or three... I have a bunch of picks in my wallet. <laughs> I've got gravity picks. I've got JHS gravity picks. So my, I've my, got a Co-Snyder pick. 
my big I've got a, a Mike Peterson MAP guitars <laughs> pick. Steve has picks of picks. Um, and I don't actually use the picks on my guitars anymore. I just use the picks on my wallet. Um, Unless I happen to have a guitar that I have never been the guy who stores picks on his guitars, like under the strings. I I've usually do. Never been that guy. I usually do. It's so, aggravating to me because I've always had picks in my pocket. I don't have them in my pocket, only in my wallet. It's aggravating to me when I pick up someone else's guitar and they have the pick under the strings because, like, now I have to use this you, pick. You gotta. You must hate what I do to guitars. It's not my kind of pick. I have the pick I want to use in my pocket. I don't now I have to use this guy's pick because I don't want to put it down and lose it. Mm. So that's always aggravating to me. Yeah, my, uh, go but, to, my Godan radiator's got a V pick in it. You better not lose that. I better not lose that V pick. Very, uh, very fancy. Um, so the 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 big thing that's crazy about this guitar, besides you'd think that the big thing being crazy would be the fretlessness. Yeah. That's not the crazy part. The crazy part is these pickups that I do not understand. At all. These are flat out the biggest pickups I have ever seen in my life. Uh, please go check the show notes or check our Facebook or Instagram to see the picture of these pickups. So here's what I think I'm seeing. Tell me what you're seeing, Steve, because I don't, my in the, brain can't process in it. In the neck position. So it says um, two custom humbuckers. Have you noticed that these both are different sizes yes. from each other? So here's what I feel like I'm seeing, right? Is a standard humbucker in the neck position. Nope, nope. That is way bigger than a standard humbucker. Can I, can I finish? Okay, you finish, Steve. I'll let st- you. Standard humbucker in the neck position. Jazzmaster pickup in the brig- bridge position. But both of which, the entire... Instead of just being like... the Normally with a humbucker, you have the pickup. And then you have some type of humbucker mount in a lot of scenarios. Uh-huh. In this case, the the entire thing, humbucker and mount, or in the case of the Jazzmaster pickup, Jazzmaster pickup and route, and like all mounting hardware has been covered with whatever this chrome metal thing is. You know what they look like? What do you think they look like? They look like pedal boxes. Mm, or like some kind of electronic enclosure sure like a galvanized like yeah they kind of do look galvanized they look like a galvanized steel what is this a metallurgy podcast project box or like electronic like electronic contractors box Mm -hmm. these look like completely like homebrew experimental who knows what's underneath them pickups they are huge i have never seen pickups this big in my life please go look at the pictures linked in the show notes or on the Facebook group or Instagram. I, I just don't know what to say about these things. They're just, it's I don't know. completely perplexing. I want to know what's under the hood on these things because those are bananas. It is. They are easily the most interesting thing about this guitar. It's $450. I'd almost go like ask a guy if I can go check this thing out just to see what's going on. I don't think I'd pull the trigger on this. If I'm going to buy a Mustang, it's going to have frets for sure. Uh, I'm not gonna buy. If I was gonna go fretless, I would. Did buy, you watch that video the other day from Carvin or from I guess Kiesel? Yeah, of playing a fretless, the fretless electric guitar. That was rad. Yeah, there was another guy. That guy who plays bass and does like really insane, like challenge videos. Who played a, uh, who played a an, a fretless electric guitar strung with four bass strings, and played like the craziest little song on it. 
I don't can know if do, I've seen that. You can do cool stuff with fretless instruments. It's really tricky with guitars. You're never going to play a chord right with a fretless guitar. Yeah. Um, but you can do some really interesting things with leads. You just challenged somebody who listens to this show to send you a song that they recorded with fretless guitar. I would be impressed. I would be very impressed if they were playing three finger chords on a fretless guitar. What about four finger chords? That would be incredible. What about bar chords? And I don't mean just playing them. I mean playing them cowboy chords on point. On point. Like not nothing out of out of versus tune. off point. Yeah. Um. But really, the pickups on this guitar are just out of control. I don't understand what I'm looking at. Uh, maybe someone else can explain it to me because I have never seen anything like this in my life. Like it's just a big chunk of like galvanized steel. Yeah, that's weird. Both pickups are different sizes from each other. The bridge it looks like it extends from underneath the strings mm-hmm. like an inch and a half on each side. It looks like these things are probably like two and a half inches, maybe even three inches wide it's crazy i don't understand it i don't know man i don't need it all right let's ditch these ads and let's talk about the thing that's most important let's talk about the star war the star war let's talk about the war of the stars yep it's like circus of the stars but with a war instead of Mm -hmm. a circus all right um so do you seem when this we were beer talking about is this, hit we were talk, me. Is that is the beer helping you remember the things beer about this movie? Is just hit me. Is it like help? Is it helping crazy. you remember things about this movie? Um, I hope so because I have I saw this movie. You saw it a while ago. You saw. It I want to say did. like two or three weeks ago, maybe okay, even I saw four, it last week, four weeks ago. So it's here's my biggest criticism of this movie before we even get started. You already forgot about it, and also my criticism of uh. The other Force Awakens, uh, the Force Awakens. You already forgot about it. I don't remember much about it, and I don't feel like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm already dogging on it right out of the gate. Like I downloaded Force Awakens like when it came out on uh-huh. DVD or Blu-ray or, or whatever. Yeah, I didn't even finish watching it. Wow, and I deleted it. I enjoyed them in the theater. I don't feel motivated to rewatch them Man. and I barely remember anything about when them. I was on vacation force awakens was on TV uh-huh and I was like I'm done like I just watched it yeah no, but for what it's worth like there's like there's so much like awful t- I mean it's TV it's not like you know, right right choices so yeah it's like I, I started watching it at home and I got halfway through, and I was like, oh, I gotta go do this chore, and I never like picked it up again. Uh, but you've already seen it, so you kind of already know what's going on. But so then I don't think that's not fair. But then on the other side of things, like it's not. This isn't just like my my movie habits. Like I didn't watch Guardians of the Galaxy uh-huh. in the theater, but I rewatched that thing on my home TV like a dozen times. Oh, okay. Like that mo- that is a movie that I keep rewatching. Interesting. Like these new Star Wars movies just don't bring me back. All right, so let's see what we can remember. Uh, well, let's take it. From, let's take it from the top. How let's does it from the top? How does it start out? It starts out with uh, a uh, long, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then a big block of text floating through the sky. No block of text. No block of text in this one. No. 
they go straight into the movie. Interesting. There's no opening scroll in this one. So that's the first, like, not only is this movie called Rogue One because of the storyline, but it, it, is, it is the Rogue episode. Right. Because it departs from the opening scroll, which I actually think was smart because we already know what's going on. This is the, yeah. this, this is the movie that comes, like, months before episode four. It's essentially a prequel. It is a prequel, yes. It is technically, you would consider it a prequel, although it is not a Skywalker prequel like right, the other right. prequels. It's not a prequel of the main characters. But historically, it is a prequel. Yeah, yeah. It's a prequel of the of the, of things that happen in what I'm going to call, and we should from here out call, the first episode of Star Wars. The first Star Wars movie. Sure. Episode four. Episode four. A New Hope. New Hope. Let's call it a New Hope. Episode which is a they four. They make a big point of takes us away of talking about hope the entire time here. in Rogue One. Yeah, they're always like, let's talk about a New Hope, and everyone, <laughs> everyone in the movie stops and they look at the camera. You know what? And there's like a long silence where I they did, just stare I at you. I actually did not put together that thing that. <laughs> rebellions are built on hope yeah like i didn't put together that use of the word hope with a new hope because it, to me it's just a word no that was the big wink like the whole sure. time they're just winking sure. at it um okay so we start the movie out uh, and main and, character is a little girl she's yeah. got creepy looking swedish dad yeah mads mickelson yeah he's been in a lot of stuff lately always has a bad guy he plays bad guys a lot doesn't he yeah, he's a he. Uh, I basically, think I, I saw something where he wasn't a bad as guy. Fa- as far as U.S. audiences are concerned, he he's was introduced guy. as Le Chief in um, Casino Royale. That's right. That's right. And then he comes back in um, d- more, most recently in Doctor Strange, also as the bad guy. But I think in movies from his home country, he's more of like like your rugged like handsome, yeah. handsome dude. Yeah, but but as far as American audience as far as I would say western audiences are concerned, his big movies, he's always been a bad guy. Right. So this is the first movie where you're like, well he kind of straddles what's going on? He's both. Your dad. Your dad. He's he's a bad guy who is a good guy because he's like working he's, from he's the inside. He's a good bad dad. He's a good bad dad. <laughs> so, um so you got Mads Mikkelsen and some alarms go off. And everyone's freaking out, and everyone's running all over the place. The Empire shows up. The Empire shows We're up. We're gonna take your dad. We're gonna kill your mom. Yeah, uh, but the mom, but the mom and the girl are supposed to run away, and they didn't because they're yeah. dumb. And then Forrest Whitaker shows up. His eye is not lazy. No, and he's like, "Don't worry, girl. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you away." Is that really a thing? What does Forrest Whitaker like actually? So he has like a, he has like a condition with his eye, but. I know he's got like a, a thing going on with his eye, but I always hear about it like as if it's this big, super noticeable thing. But I've watched Good Morning Vietnam. Is he in Good Morning Vietnam? Yeah. I don't remember him that. I just I've remember Robin like, Williams and I remember the guy who thinks he's funny. I think that was Forrest Whitaker. No, it wasn't. Oh. It was the guy who was in City Slickers. Oh, okay. Forrest Whitaker is like his guide. Huh. In in like around the movie, like Forrest Whitaker's had a like a movie career for like no, forever. he's been a big time actor and he's a well respected actor. I can't stand him though, really, not, be, not because of his eye. Just I don't like his physical presence. 
And I did. I I'll say this right now. I did not actually mind him that much in Rogue One. I think he worked in Rogue One, but like I, I in mean, a lot I, of I'm other, trying to think of other movies I've seen him in because whenever I think whenever I think of Forrest Whitaker, I automatically think of Good Morning Vietnam. It's like not his. Like I said, it's not his eye that bothers me. It's his head movements. Like he's got this weird like where he moves his head in a way that normal people don't. It works in science. Fiction. I don't even think it's that. I don't even think it's that he like. I know what you're talking about, and I think what it is is that Forrest Whitaker is awkwardly funky. He's very funky. Like, oh, he's and I, and funky. I, and I say, and that's what I mean. Like, he's one of these guys where it's like you look at him and you're like, you're kind of a dumpy fat dude, but then he wants to get down. Yeah, he's like he wants, he's an excellent actor because he like he fully portrays like real emotion. Like he mm-hmm. drops real emotion on you. Yeah. Yeah, and like the heavy stuff. Like if you were in the room with Forrest Whitaker and he was about to tell you really real things about your relationship with you him, you would die. You would die. He it would, would kill um, you. He would kill you, with, but without actually touching you. Yeah, yeah. You would. You're, you would have a brain hemorrhage from emotion. But there's something about his physical presence that's always bothered All right. me. All right, uh, just your. But anyways, he com- he comes by. He saves a main character girl. Right. Right. Who's on right. this planet with her dad because her dad is trying to hide out from right. the Empire because he knows how to build the dust. All right, but he doesn't hide out, uh, and he is taken away by. And before he, before he, they go, uh, her mom gives her a crystal, and anyone who knows anything about Star Wars already knows what's going on. Um, so uh, so yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, Force Whitaker. One last thing about Force Whitaker: his character saw Guerrera. Um, is a character in the Clone Wars uh, cartoon show. Okay. Which, for me... The Clone Wars cartoon show! The Clone Wars <laughs> the Clone Wars animated series is the most redemptive storyline to episodes two and three. I've watched a couple episodes of it. I couldn't get into it. There are... I think I was too old when it came out. I watched them like a year ago. Well, you're a big nerd, Steve. That's true. I will say that there, there, are, it's like Star Trek. There's stuff that where you're like fighting to get through it, right? And then there's stuff where you're like, let me get a rope because I need to go make a noose and kill myself. Right, right. There are a few, like basically, the problem with with the prequels is that you go from episode two to three, and you have Anakin as a teenager, where you're like, ah, oh, you're just a teenager. And then all of a sudden, as an adult, he's like real serious and like he's a huge tool. Yeah. And you're trying to connect that to episode four, where Obi Wan says like, "Your father Anakin was a was a cunning cunning warrior and the greatest star pilot." You're like, what? Like that no, guy? He, that guy he was, was just some punk ass kid. Yeah. Um. But if but the Clone Wars ties it all together. Like in the Clone Wars, he's a serious general who like he understands strategy and he's not just like. A dogfighter, like he flies a freaking jalopy around and does like magical things with it. Right. Like he is a legit pilot. Um, the Clone Wars, yeah. The first couple see the Clone this beer, man. This beer is wrecking. The me right Clone now. Wars uh, animated series is interesting because maybe the first like two or three eleven percent. Yeah. Holy uh, hell! The first like two or three seasons are very like kid friendly. I think they did six seasons. And somewhere around, like, I think season six, they didn't even air on Cartoon Network uh-huh. because it was, like, too adult. Where do they put it? 
they just released it like straight to the huh. uh, to the world. Interesting. Um, straight into the world. Huh? Straight into the world. There's a they bring back Darth Maul, but here's the deal: it's like Darth. But he was cut in half. He was cut in half. But basically, the the what they figured out was the rule in Star Wars is if you don't see him die, they didn't die. Sure. Which is why Mason. Well, he went, got cut in half and he fell down the hole, so it was kind of like yeah, but Luke, it was Luke like Skywalker fell down the hole. Gandalf rules. It's it, it's Gandalf rules. You you fall down the hole, and it's a lightsaber strike. And the whole thing about a lightsaber is that it cauterizes everything. So that he's it, it half. Through. He's half. A, did he come back as like a half he robot or something? He, half robot. He like gotcha. builds himself like robot legs, and he's basically spins. while he was building himself robot legs with half his body. How did he poop? I don't know. But his whole deal is like he just wants like his whole motivation for existence is just to kill Obi Wan. Well, yeah. So it creates he like this. So it creates this great story arc. There's there's some really like dark. There's some stuff where I like turned it off. And I was like, I need to watch like I need to watch some Seinfeld. Now. So if I pick this, okay, I don't watch Seinfeld. If I pick this up, should I skip the two, first two seasons? I don't know. I mean, I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you should suffer. Through I think it. it's all on Netflix. I think you, I think you got to be a super nerd. You got to be a super Star Wars nerd at this at this point in your life. Probably. I'm not though. Yeah. So that's always going to be a problem. Yeah. I'm not a big enough nerd to even remember the names of the characters in Rogue One or in. Uh, right. So here we go. We got the girl Jin Erso. We got her dad Galen Erso. We got the mom. Who cares? She's dead. She's dead. She doesn't have a name. She's a mom. There's we got no moms. There's no moms in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. It's a Disney movie. Of course the mom dies. Yeah. All right. So we're we're moving on. We get into the future. She's in a jail cell. Some stuff is going on. A I don't jail cell. Jail cell. I don't remember how they get her out. Oh no, it, it goes to actually it goes to the other planet where uh, we're introduced to um, Captain uh, Captain Andor. What's his name? Cassian. I don't, don't ask me. Cassian names. Andor, yeah. uh, played by some some Hispanic dude. That's racist, dude. Uh, Diego <laughs> Garcia. You know, I didn't even notice his race, dude, because oh I don't Shut see up. color. Uh, that's even worse. I know, right? Um, anyways, played by Diego Garcia, who was in uh, Casa de Mi Padre. Um, oh, is that what he's in? Yeah, and The Terminal. Nice. Um, and uh, so he's there. He gets some information about how there's this pilot who's defected, blah, 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 blah. And then this guy's like, oh, I'm super scared. And then pew, pew. And then he actually kills the dude. Then he run, he climbs because the guy's like, I can't climb up there. I'm fat. And and Diego Garcia's like, well, I'm not. So I'm going to kill you and I'm going to run away. Now I just remembered the scene. I just re- We don't need to go scene by scene. All right. This is crazy. So, so the whole deal with this, right? So I, I, I think the thing that was cool about Rogue One, and I, I read this somewhere else. This wasn't my idea. Rogue One is the first Star Wars movie that's an actual Star War. There's an actual war. There's an actual war. It takes place on like a bunch of, like you jump through a bunch of different planets. Really, like some people didn't like this, but I actually thought it did a really good job of showing like. So you're saying it's a Star War instead of a planet war. Right. Sure. Well, all the planets are named after like their star system. Sure. Right. So, um, you know, basically you think about episode four, A New Hope. You're on Tatooine. You're on Alderaan gets blown up. You're on Tatooine. You're on Yavin. Episode five. You're on Hoth. You're on Bespin. Episode six. You're only on Endor. No, you're on Dag. You're on uh, Dagobah. I can't follow this right now. You're on now. Dagobah in episodes five and six. Luke goes to Dagobah to hang out with Yoda. 
Like, basically, the point is that Star Wars in the movies, you don't normally get more than, like, maybe, like, two-ish planets, sometimes three. And in the first, like, half an hour, 45 minutes of Rogue One, like, you're just bouncing from planet to planet. To There's see. a lot of planets. And and I thought that did a good job of, of doing something that the other films didn't do, which is showing, like, that the Empire, like, controlled all these like systems all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it's all over the place. The Empire's a big deal. Everyone's like their soul is crushed by the Empire. It's yeah. just everywhere. Yeah. You can't get away from it. Everything is Empire. Empire. And it's like Starbucks. You got Empire. It's like Starbucks. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so so then what happens? Um gee, I can't even remember. That's my problem. So the, the the guys meet up. One of the guy like screws the other guy over and kills him, so he can climb away. And yeah. the secret is safe with the one guy. Mm-hmm. He escapes to the desert to like go meet up with people. He's trying to find. Uh, he's trying to find uh, uh, the actor we were just talking about. So he escapes. He goes back to Rebel HQ, and they've broken out Jen Erso from prison. I think. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So she's like in some like labor camp and they break her out. And then she like actually beats the crap out of the people who break her out of prison. But then the robots like, no. Oh yeah. What do you think about that robot? I liked him. I, you know, I think he's my favorite part of the whole movie. I like that. He was, he was capable three C3 PO. Yeah. He could actually walk. Well, what, yeah, he could walk and like, he would, could like handle himself in battle. I mean, C three. And I love that he's kind of a play on, uh, you know, the paranoid android. From, yeah, he's kind yeah. of that mentality. Like, I which really might, don't want to be here. Which might I don't be. like this. You guys are dumb. He doesn't. Yeah. He's a, he doesn't have any filter. Yeah, I'm just following orders. I think that's what I liked about him is is in episode four. Um, C three PO is like most interesting character in the whole is, movie. He is. C three PO is like at the calm and then when the stormtroopers come in like him and r2d2 go and hide but in this one k2so like they're like coming by he's like oh Jin gave me a blaster pew 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 mfers yeah. no he uh, the the like the big part where he, he's like first hanging out with Jin, he's like how come she gets a gun yeah why don't i get a gun yeah. where's my gun yeah Hey, Cassian's gonna double double cross you. Yeah, he's a robot that says everything that comes to his head. Like I think there's like a line that they reveal, like his his filter got blown up or something like that. He yeah. When we did the when we when we converted him from an imperial droid to right. a to a like a intelligent droid, or and whatever. he's you know I really appreciate because in the in the the George Lucas like prequels, droids are always cute. No, like the comedy sidekicks got out of control. There were sure. so yeah. Oh, in the prequels, yeah. Many. And there was, you know, in the in the original trilogy, you have R2D2 and C3PO right. and they are the comedy. They are the comedy. I really appreciate that this robot is the only comedy really. Yeah. And he he nails it down. Yeah. So He nails it down. I love it. So they bring Jin back to the headquarters and they're like, you're the only way we're going to talk to Saw Gerrera because he raised you for like 12 years and whatever, whatever. So they go to the planet that he's on. I thought this was actually one of the, probably the worst part of the movie for me is the planet that is the only Jedi temple left in existence. Right. It's called Jeddah. 
Yeah, it's pretty weak. Like, really? Like, oh, yeah, we're on Jedi because we worship the Jedi, which I guess they don't really worship no, the it's, Jedi. No, it's but like, like the, 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 like you, th- you hear Jedi and you're like, oh, that's some sort of like sacred religious organization. Right. When you make it the name of what you just call people who are from a certain planet, then it like weakens. Well, it. I don't think that's what they were. No, called. it's like, it's like, they probably were called it was like, like Jedi's. Jed- they're people who come from Jeddah the same way. San Diegans come from San Diego. I don't think it was Jedi's come from Jeddah. I think Jedans come from Jeddah, but it was still pretty weak. It was just seemed like kind right. of crazy. Um, that I will say that, uh, I did it'd really be like, like, it'd be like if Superman's Krypton name was, Crypto or something right. like that. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, he said he's Kalal. Kal Kalal. Kalal. Whatever. I will say that I thought um, Donnie Yen's uh, Chirrut Imwe was my favorite character in the movie by far. Mm, he was pretty uh, good. Who is the the blind monk? Yeah, he was great. Uh, who, that was actually a lot of fun. His insistence that the force was real and that the force would protect him. But at no like, point does he have any force. No, he has no force. Like everything that happens to him. Yeah. Was like, oh yeah, no, the force like willed that to happen. And that's like some old school like like mo- that's like a 1970s like spaghetti western character. Yeah, exactly. I love exactly. that. That was a really good character. Um, and I also love that he you know, he was this blind guy who like he existed by like his his belief system, but he also had his like heavy backup who was yeah. like who was like, "No, dude, I just killed all those people." And he You're was like, alive he was, because I killed people. Yeah, and then he was I like, a big gun. he was like, yeah, but the force told you to be here. You just are so blocked off. <laughs> right, right. It was uh, a it was a fun dichotomy. That was another like, I guess that's another like side comedy element. But it wasn't obviously not. It as wasn't like, a sl- it wasn't like slapstick. It was just yeah. like. It, you know, like you know somebody. Everybody, I feel like knows yeah. somebody. All in all, like this that. is a much darker movie than most. Oh, Star for Wars sure, movies. for sure. I mean, you think about so when they go to that the planet, like one of the things that happens is they get captured and taken to Saw Gerrera, not because she's like Jin Urso who was raised by Saw Gerrera. They're all ready to kill him because what they get trapped in this firefight between right. Saw's people and the Empire. And and the captain Andor kills one of the kills one of the rebels in order to like save Jin. Right. And now all the rebels are like MF or like what WTH. Um and uh so it creates this whole thing. And again, like that's why I say like this is the first like war movie. Like not only is it Empire versus Alliance, it's also Empire versus Alliance, but there's also some people who are like Against the Empire, who are like super aggro, and there's also people who are like in like they're part of the rebels, but they're like, yeah, I don't know about this whole rebel thing. Yeah, like it's kind of like when the when, I mean in, in in you know episode four or New Hope through you know the the, the original uh uh three movies, like everyone's just like, yeah, we're rebels. Yeah, we're, we're with the rebels. Like yeah. we don't need. That's the team we're with. Like this movie is a lot more modern. It's yeah. the D- it's the DS9 of of Star Wars. I'm trying to watch DS9 right now. It's hard. 
It's it I, we're still trying to fight through the first episode. It's so slow. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it picks up, but like every time we sit down to watch it, we watch like ten minutes, and Melissa and I are both like ready to go to bed. But it's it's much darker. It's more cynical. The characters don't just automatically accept. Yeah, you know, like well, and and that rebels was, versus empire. I mean, people hate the empire, but they're like, maybe we should just kind of be empire because it seems like empire just they're kind of in control, you know? Yeah. And and I thought it was I thought it was uh I mean so any it's more the, it's more modern take not, on not war. to go part by part by part uh, just to I mean we're gonna jump like I a, hope we a, jump a, because a, this is otherwise this uh, this episode is gonna take we're us just two turn, hours we're just turning into less than our sequel to yeah exactly um so anyway uh one of the things I thought w- that was cool to your point is as soon as like they find out about the Death Star and they're like no there's a weakness we just gotta find out what it is like. We got to like steal these plans so we can, because we know there's weakness. My dad said there's a weakness. No, your dad's just being a dick. Right. Like this whole your thing. Your dad's a big old traitor. Your dad just went back there and he's building Death Star. He built he's, it. There's no, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no secret to everybody the knows. Death Star. Everybody knows your dad's the best at building Death Stars. So there's not going to be anything yeah. wrong with that. This well, Death that was Star. something I thought they wrote away. That was really, that was really good that the Death Star didn't have like a flaw by accident. That That's, was that somebody honestly, actually did it. The most creative part of the movie and the most like redeeming part and it's the biggest flaw in a new hope where it's just like okay so there's just this big glaring like weakness in the, yeah. this like moon sized weapon is that you just shoot a hole in his butthole and like, yeah you shoot a, 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 a torpedo in his butthole and it just explodes the fact that they m- use this movie to be like Here's the reason why this thing had this weakness because this guy who didn't actually want to build it but got kidnapped and like coerced into it and his family got killed intentionally designed yeah, a weakness. He basically into it. was doing like he designed a, a backdoor. He was good enough doing a good enough job of creating like the most powerful weapon the universe has ever seen that he was able to sneak in like a thing and be like, "Oh yeah, dude, it's got to be there." Yeah. Anyway, so so they go back and they're trying to convince all these people. Yeah, I thought that was a kind of an interesting scene where it put a it put all a the, bow on it. Yeah, yeah. where all these where all these other planets are like, dude, this sucks. Like, we're just gonna go be slaves now because like we're not gonna go get blown up. They have this weapon that can blow up planets and already like blew up a city and like they have freaking five hundred square miles on this planet. And you want us to put our butts on the line? They didn't like, even blow up planets with it. They like tested it out and just like leveled like a third of a planet and yeah it's like oh we're just gonna like glass a third of it you yeah. know like yeah everyone then, everyone on the other side of the planet was like totally didn't even know anything no about it. it's still a planet ending event to like blow that much material into the atmosphere like that is you think it was bigger than like a krakatoa event that's an extinction level event you think that's an extinction level event absolutely so it was like it didn't obliterate the planet but it still like ended life on that planet for like a few thousand years uh, advanced life like bac- sure bacteria sure. and bugs are gonna make it yeah, yeah. some cockroaches ro- of course rodents and stuff are gonna make it possibly but it's gonna be like basically anything that doesn't live in a hole is done it's like nuclear winter like plants probably would be able to come up it's come gonna back. it's no the whole planet's gonna freeze over because the whole atmosphere is gonna be you don't full think of that, dust. how long does it take that stuff to settle 
Long time. All right. Uh, so anyway, it uh, only takes it only takes one year to freeze a planet, man. I don't know. I don't know either. I just made that up. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Jen and her peeps. What if the ice planet was Hoth? Right. Yeah. What if Hoth is renamed planet that got got hit? Oh yeah. Like it, oh, it after re- after it froze over because of that big attack where it got all frozen because all that dust got blown in the sky. Now it's just Hoth. Which means like ice planet in another language, right? Or like right. Um, so they go on this thing. Now the you got this. You've been following these characters. Do we talk about? Do we need to talk about her dad getting killed? Basically, this is kind of like a. It's like a magnificent seven, like buildup of like let's gather characters. Yeah. yeah. Like let's gather. We're just let's, going around. Let's gather up experts in different things and rag and let's put together this ragtag group of yeah, so, like people who shouldn't be heroes. So basically, you've got you've got the sniper, you've got like the basically the tech guy. You've Rogue got- One is much better Suicide Squad. Like I, I didn't see Suicide don't, Squad. Do not. But from what everything I've heard, like My Little Pony is much better. Suicide do Squad. Not wa- I I watched it on my TV. It's garbage. Man. All right. What would you rather watch right now? Suicide Squad, My Little Pony, Equestria Girls. <sighs> Damn you. <laughs> I'd probably. What would you rather watch? I'd probably watch Suicide Squad. What would you rather watch? Suicide Squad or Caillou? Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay, so Suicide Squad isn't as bad as people say. It's, it ranks higher than Kai. No, it's still as bad as people say. It's just not as bad as Kai. You can tune it out because uh, it's, it's boring enough that you can tune it out. No, I, I haven't seen Suicide Squad, but I can definitely see what you're what you're saying. Uh, so they get their group. They go to the, they go to this one planet to get Jin's dad. Only they're not really going to get Jin's dad. They're going to kill Jin's dad. But well, Jin then the, know that. the main guy who's like the group leader is his secret mission is to kill him when he gets the, the shot. You know, right? But all this stuff's happening, and he just he can't do it. And they actually have this really cool scene. We missed a bunch of stuff in the middle, didn't we? Like we yeah. skipped a lot of stuff. Yeah, in the middle. Uh, and that's the whole thing with like with uh, Chirrut in a way that I thought was cool is that even though he's he doesn't really have like he kind of what he reminded me of is um is uh Maz Kanata in The Force Awakens. Okay. The bartender, the lady that runs the bar on that planet right, that Han right. Solo runs to, where maybe he's force sensitive. Like he's definitely force sensitive, but but what that like being force sensitive and actually like being like a force user are different right, things. Right. So he's sensitive enough to be like I don't know what's going on, but obviously something bad's going down. So when when the captain leaves the ship, um, he's like, "Did that guy look like a killer?" And the other guy's like, "No, why?" He's like, "Cause he's got some like dark stuff going on." Right. Like I could sense it. Like he's got some dark mojo, and he's gonna have to figure that out. Like, yeah. He's gonna have. He's going to have his personal like light side, dark side moment. You know what's nice about uh, Rogue One and The uh, the Force Awakens? is not once is anyone spend like, you know, like 15 or 20 minutes explaining how the Force is just bacteria. No, no. Not once does that happen. There's not a ton of, even for, I think across both of these movies, they exposition very well. Yeah. Uh, the Force Awakens and, and Rogue One, you get good amounts of exposition where... When Andor is talking about how, like, look, you're not the, like the difference between you and me, Jin or so, is the rebel, the Empire came and took your dad away, and you went in like into hiding for for like friggin' twenty years. 
the rebel, the alliance came and like took my family away, and I freaking joined the alliance, and I've been fighting for twenty years. Right, right. And I thought that was kind of like an interesting moment, like that everybody. I think that was like the thing that again that sets this movie apart is that this movie is very cynical. It is. It's very. It's, uh, this movie feels like it was written in the nineties. Like Jin Urso's dad gets killed, and she's like, "Look, like the empire sucks." But you guys killed my dad on accident. Right. Like you were gonna kill my dad on purpose, and then your friggin' bosses killed him on accident. So WTH. Yeah. I just said WTH again. My dad. You killed my dad. My dad. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so anyway. Oh yeah, spoiler alert, her dad dies. Yeah. Uh, uh creepy Swedish dude. Um but this he- episode should be called Creepy Swedish Spoiler Alert. Oh my gosh. So I re- I really liked the whole likes I liked a lot of the uh the the environments that they built. Yeah. I liked the the place where her dad died. They had a de- they had a they had a Iceland planet basically. The yeah. first the very beginning very Iceland. Then they go to a desert planet, but it's not a sandy desert planet. It's a red rock. It's more like Utah yeah, than yeah. it is like Arizona. Then they go to a There's nothing on Then Earth they go to like, like a jungle planet. But then there's also that, that. Oh, they go to the ro- the crazy like stormy rock, planet. rainy rocky mountain, like crazy. Yeah, that's spires. a very alien world planet. It's very alien, but it still fits in the Star Wars Star Wars kind of like environment. Yeah, I so, liked it. So they go they go on their final mission to get the Death Star plant, and everybody dies. Oh yeah, though that yeah that's like the ending is that every single person who they just introduced you to and made you like have feelings for just yeah so they put a nice button on it i i thought the way i mean do we want to talk about what happens before they die like they 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 go and they like try to steal like plans from the uh the cartographer which is like my halo reference like oh no no, so let's so let's back up a little so so they're trying to to break into no hold on okay so they have this whole meeting and half half of the leaders of the alliance are like oh they have a death star like we're out Oh yeah, yeah. And then Jyn Erso's like, "Well, that's- let's just stop being rebels. They have a Death Star." Yeah. And Jyn Erso's like, "Guys, we can get the plans." Like, my dad, my dad, my said, dad's not lying. Yeah, like, my dad said we could we could fight this. Yeah, he made a way and to so, shoot it. So in his he butthole. like leave. She leaves, and she's like, oh, "I'm just, I hate all of you." And then Andor's like, "Hey, I've got like, I've got like thirty dudes over here who are like, da- who are like down to like blow some stuff up." Right, and they're like pissed too, so they bail, and then like you, f- so they go in and they go on this planet, and you find out that like this other admiral when he find oh, so that's where they're like they're like oh hey that ship that's about to take off you're not cleared to take off what's your call sign and the guy who's the pilot's like uh title of the uh, movie I don't know uh title of the movie uh yeah I guess we're like Rogue One peace out bitches yeah and. Uh, uh- Oh, there's no, there's no Rogue One here. We don't have Rogue One on the, yeah. on the docket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not on the manifest. <laughs> uh, and they, they peace out, <clears throat> and then you find out that one of the other guys who's like, we gotta let's throw down. Like he peaced out too with his whole. This fr- is why we should never have a movie. Fleet. We should never have an actual movie review podcast because this is the most disjointed review. This is the best review. This is the worst review of a um, movie ever. Recorded. I was really confused because that guy's name was Admiral Radish. Can we talk? Can we talk about the uh, the CG guy? 
Okay, yeah, let's get to the CGI. Okay, what, so what is that character's so name? So early on, um, P- Peter Cushing died in 1993. Yeah, but his character was really integral to the Death Star itself, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Right, right. Um, so and he's, he's so the in, main so the he's ho- in a New Hope. He's in a New Hope. So the main bad guy really in this film uh, is Director Krennic, and he's in charge of building the Death Star. But Tarkin is still like involved in overseeing the Death Star program, I guess. Right. Uh, so he's the one who's always like, Krennic, w- like, wh- why aren't you done yet? Like, what's the deal here? But it's all CG because Peter Cushing died 20 years ago. Yeah. Did you notice right away that he was CG? I already knew. You already knew. I knew and you knew that he was dead, and you know, it couldn't, well, I it couldn't knew possibly. Be him. I knew about the big CG characters in this movie. Already. Right. Right. Like, I mean. I tried to. I did my best to stay away from main storylines, but stuff like that was like pretty unavoidable. There were other characters that were CG, but something about the way they handled him, I could. It did well, not. Well, there look were good. two characters that were CG, and I think those are the only two that are worth talking about in terms didn't of CG they, characters. Didn't they re CG some of the original pilots from A no, New Hope? Those are all different people. I thought they had a couple pilots like like Red Leader and stuff like that who were like. Those are all different red leaders and really? different blue leaders. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Well, I thought I was like, I think those guys were in New Hope. Maybe. I think they just gave them porn star mustaches to make them look like they were the original <laughs> right, guys. Right, right. But anyways, the way they handled this guy, here's what I'm going to say. The reason why it, it fell flat and didn't work for me, they completely overanimated this guy. Right. Like completely. Well, like, and, it, I, and I watched I watched a New Hope like relatively soon to watching this. Like, yeah. I, I I downloaded it and I watched it. The that guy, that actor, his face doesn't move that way. He doesn't right. he doesn't talk with his eyebrows that way. He doesn't talk with his eyelids that way. Like they over animated this guy like crazy. And then like they did this whole thing where like he's got sunken cheeks. Yeah. Like underneath yeah. his cheekbones, like it's sunken, which is, you know, that's is a great look for him. The <laughs> animated version of him. Like those sunken parts, like wiggle and flap, like he's like a turkey or something. Yeah, yeah. it's over the top. They it, were it was way, a little weird. They were way too confident in their ability to animate this guy's face. They should have had him, like I say all the time with the guitars, ten feet away. He would really have right. looked good from ten feet away. I thought. So I think I could right away, there were two big CG problems. One is Tarkin. The first time you see him, I think it's tolerable. But the problem is he's actually, he's a recurring character. He's in like right. five or like probably four or five different scenes. And the, the voice work on him was fine. Sure. It was the animation work that um, I had a problem with. The other one was Princess Leia at the end. Here's here's what I'm going to say. If they hadn't had the, the, the general or whatever he is. That guy animated for so long and so many close-ups that just betray the fact that he wasn't real. Mm-hmm. I would have been more open to accepting the Princess Leia part as like, okay, that's like, that's kind of neat. That's kind of clever. There she is. But because we'd already been like exposed to like this right. over animated guy, like bringing her in and like doing a close-up on her CG animated young face, yeah, was like. Ugh, you guys are like not helping this. I that and that was the thing is I know I feel like both of those though Tark. I'm just telling you we're in at one hour. Oh okay, yeah. sorry. You're doing hand gestures. Sorry, sorry. 
So uh, you should have written it down on your on your paper. Sorry, so then like, I wouldn't not like have it matters. Confused. No one's still listening at this point. Um, I thought Tarkin's involved. Obviously, like both of these characters need to be in the movie, right? But I thought Tarkin could have been in one scene, and then everything else could have been like done over hologram, yeah, or done over like done in a different way. I thought Princess Leia could have been done as like a rear shot because the re- or as a side shot. I would have loved because it you if don't they, need a full face. You, you could just need have the voice. You just need the voice, and really, you could have done as soon as like the door opens and the guy runs into the room, and you see like the w- full white cloak. You know what's going on. Right. All you do is see the full white cloak, and maybe she like I don't know. Maybe I would have been annoyed if they didn't show her face. If it would have been like the guy runs in and she flips her cloak down, and you see the you see the buns. Uh, she wants to see those buns. Show me those buns. If you're Princess Slayer, show me those buns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of the they were they just got too cocky. They tried to do close ups. They should have showed that admiral or general guy or whatever. Like I it's, said, from, he's a moth. A moth. They should have shown him from ten feet away. Sure. At minimum, like in in Star Wars, there's precedent for all kinds of shots where it's like, here's this guy from thirty feet away with a he's a silhouette and there's the stars behind him. Yeah, there there are there are ways they could have worked around it. I I think there are ways they could have like angled around it or written around it to make it where you where as a fan you're like oh that's Grand Moff Tarkin yeah but you're not like oh man they totally like butchered Peter Cushing what did you think about Darth Vader's dad joke what was his dad joke uh he's force choking Krennic and he says be sure be careful not to choke on your aspirations yeah that was nice uh my sister hated it uh uh-huh no, that's I, super. That's super Darth Vader, though. I sh- well, so the thing Darth is, Darth Vader's is, a corny guy. I need to go back and and watch. I watched Empire Strikes Back not too long ago. I don't think of Vader as being a super corny guy, but I, I feel like it, at the least you could say that ties together like Anakin to Darth Vader, where like there's definitely like a level of sarcasm. I was just having trouble trying to come up with a, a moment of sarcasm in the original three films. Sure, sure. I guess that's true. But here... Okay, let's put a little bow on this. So... It, ba- we got a lot of movies to talk about I know. Still. There's the the uh, the climactic end of the movie as far as like the main storyline. Uh, they go to this planet. It's like a uh, it's like a Jimmy Buffett planet. There's palm trees everywhere. Yeah. Um, Jin Erso grabs a margarita. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're fighting stormtroopers. Cass- I was really happy to see classic stormtroopers again. Yeah. That was great. I, I thought the beach battle, again, like, this movie is finally a Star War. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, this is the real first, like, every mo- like every movie you kind of have, like, one semi-epic battle. I thought this movie delivered on, if you ever look at the new, the poster for Star Wars, Episode Four, A New Hope, the original uh-huh. poster for Star Wars, there's, like, Tons of TIE fighters and tons of X-Wings. I thought this movie was finally the first movie to deliver on the classic Star Wars battle scene in a way you mean that... mean first, first movie since the prequels? No, or first I mean movie the, ever? Origin, like the original episode four. Like the, the big space battle in this movie is the space battle that episode four needed. Right. Like it's the, it's the big space battle that never happens in any of the original trilogy movies. 
there's space battles, but they don't show you a lot of it. That's what I mean. Right, right. Whereas this one was like, okay, best scene in the movie. I'll just, I'll just go on and say it. What was your favorite scene in the movie? Do you have a favorite scene? I was trying to get to that. My, I think my favorite scene is the transition at the end with Darth Vader boarding the, oh, the, that, the spaceship from, that from was a, great a New scene. Hope. That's, that the Darth, was, that's the Darth Vader we've been waiting that for, That is right? the Darth Vader we all want. Is And it made... Like when, well, when he's, you on, go, he's not on the ship from A New Hope. He's on a different ship. When but, you, yeah, when you, when you jump into A New Hope, and you're watching Darth Vader, it's like they present him, and you're like, you accept him as this dark, dark character. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't actually do very much. Yeah, in A New Hope, besides like force choking people yeah. and like swinging a lightsword around, like this transition from Rogue One to A New Hope, it shows him as a full-on force-using badass. Yeah. Like, yeah. he is, like, slamming people against the ceiling. Yeah, at the end of the movie, he just goes in, and you're like, you're like, he goes in with no support. I would... There's all these rebel alliance, right. like, like uh, uh, whatever, like, army dudes, and they're, like, shooting at him. He's like, are you joking? He's like, he has no stormtroopers, and he kills, like, 12 dudes. I would watch an hour straight... Of Darth Vader working his way through his ship, like force murdering people. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, is that's that's one of the things that by getting rid of the extended universe, you kind of got rid of is like in, like the whole thing with you know in the original series. You have, <coughs> at the end of Episode Three, you have Order Sixty Six, where all of the clones. I don't like, know anything about this. So you know that you know the scene in Episode in Episode Three where all the clones start shooting like the Jedi's in the back, basically. Right. Right. So that's that thing happens, and so a lot of them die there. But then Darth Vader is tasked with going through the like the galaxy and killing the rest of them. And there are like things in the extended universe where like there's a ship full of like that have a bunch of Jedi on it who are trying to like escape, and he just like gets in visual view of the ship and blows it up with his mind from another ship. Right. You know, there's stuff like that. So. I thought that was a really cool scene, but my favorite scene in this movie, the scene that I've been waiting for in like so many movies is, oh, we can't get through the force shield. What will we do? Let's blow up a ship and then just crash it. Like that was cool. When when um now the thing that when was they when they bring in the when they bring in one yeah, ship to when, ram when, they like depower what yeah, are those? They depower one of the Star Destroyer. And they, they depower it, and then they ram it with another ship, and they they push it into another Star Destroyer, and then both ships crash into yeah. the, the that first was, field. I've been, like, literally, I, I've been waiting for years for that to happen in any movie. Now here's an, For it to happen in Star Wars it takes that wish to like the yeah, top that level. That was great. No, that was great. Uh, that's, that's worth the price of admission right there. But... Completely honest, what did that giant entire planet force field remind you of? Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yeah. Is that a Spaceballs reference or is it so, not I a Spaceballs so, reference? I, I think a lot of people thought it was a Spaceballs reference. There's no way it's not. Well, if it was a Spaceballs reference, then they would have just used the code one, two, three, four, five, six to get through. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been um, awesome. The other, th- the other scene that I thought was cool uh, as part of that was when Tarkin gets they they. One thing that you don't see in the original movies, um, 
and that you don't realize, and it's kind of a, a bit of a pull, I guess, from the Ascending Universe, is that the Death Star has a warp drive, or a hyperdrive. Yeah, yeah. a warp drive. Listen to, to too much Star Trek. I know, right? Uh, but it has a hyperdrive, so it, can, it can move around. Steve has been listening to a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's got, a, it's got a hyperdrive, so it can go from planet to planet. Yeah. Um, so where they're like all down on the planet surface, and then all of a sudden they look up and they're like, why is that Death Star there? Yeah. And Tarkin's like, you know, blow up the base. Don't blow up the planet. Like, let's just blow up the base. Um, Like, we don't want to, like, show our full hand yet. Right, kind of. right. I thought what was really cool about that scene is they missed the base by, like, uh, hundreds of miles. Interesting. But they still destroy it. Right. Because... I don't remember that. I thought it was dead center. No, because and that in the, it's dead center at the, in the earlier one where they blow up that city in the desert. Oh, okay. And when they blow when they're going to blow up their own base when it's already too late, but they don't know it that it's too late. Right, right. They shoot the laser. They don't wait to be like perfectly aligned. They shoot the super laser, and all they do is they clip the tower off the top of the base, like the the uh-huh. comm tower, and they hit a spot like on the horizon, like a hundred miles away. Because they're because, not lined up right. Because or they're not lined up or whatever. But because of the shock wave that that creates, it still destroys the base anyway. Right. So I thought like that a tidal was. Wave yeah, I thought that thing. was really cool. Uh, what was pointed out to me though is that like the main characters could have escaped probably because like they're at a military base. Just have to find a ship. Why couldn't they just steal a ship? Like they already kind of stole a ship to get there. Yeah, but maybe all the ships were gone or something. Also, they they did need to put a bow on it where everybody died. Yeah, because they don't want to ever pay these actors again to ever do anything else ever again. Unless they make a prequel of this prequel. Yep. Which would uh, be so boring. I I think the next, I've heard the next uh, Star Wars story is supposed to be Boba Fett or Han Solo. I thought there was going to be No, it's Han Solo. There's going to be a Han Solo one. Uh, but let's step back a little bit. The, basically, the way they the main story, the main characters in the storyline of of Rogue One, is your classic like we've got to get a piece of like data from this thing. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You wanted to talk about this, and and we got to rush into this building. We got to get the thing. Yeah. Apparently, like data in this super advanced civilization is mm-hmm. stored on hard drives the size of suitcases or something like that. Right. Uh, but anyways, they get this data and it's just your basic, like downloaded it in the nick of time right before, you know, they cut off our ability to, you know, shut it off and they upload all the, the data up to, uh, the spaceship that's got the, uh, the fish head people in it. Yeah. Which I, how did you think about the CG of those fish head people? Um, I didn't like it. Why didn't they? It do, was a little floppy. Why didn't they do puppets for those? I don't. Yeah, and and uh, Admiral Radish is supposed to also be a Mon Cal, just like uh, uh, oh my gosh, it's a trap dude. Yeah, um, uh, Ak- Akbar? Akbar was. Uh, so I was kind of. I I don't know why they just didn't do practical on that. They looked so. Like that's as practical. They look good. Why did they do CG? Yeah, um, I, I thought that was me. a little. I thought that was a little off. But I thought I thought the ending was kind of weak. Like, oh, we barely got it out. Like that happens in so many movies. Right. I feel like there could have been a better way to be like, instead of like, oh, we barely got it out, and like the bad guy who died didn't even know that it got out. Like, have it be like. 
the bad guy is standing over the person and about to kill them. And they're like, eh, it's already gone. You're out of luck. That would have been better. Like, yeah, well, I, and I think there's also, you know, there's, it's always easy to pick plot holes in it. Right. You know, it's not a plot hole. I just didn't like, I just didn't like the cliche. You know, you've got, uh, you've got this, it, I feel like it's known like once the base is broken into. I would have preferred. Like, uh, let me let me say this. Okay. What do you think is faster? What do you think is faster? You know this this planet's being broken into. You assume that what they're trying to do is get the Death Star plans for some reason. So what's faster? Fire up the hyperdrive on on the on the Death Star. Fly over there. Line up your guns. Blow the thing up. Or just shoot a message. Oh, like. Through subspace or again Star right. Wars, I don't know whatever <laughs> communication subspace is Star Trek. Whatever, yeah, Star Trek. Whatever communications you use to like communicate between planets or whatever, because they can do that. We know this with they communicate this way through with holograms, um, and just be like, look, guys, uh, something bad's going down on there. We don't know what it is. Just take the shield down and blow up the base. You've got star destroyers there. Right. Star Destroyers, like, yeah, they can't blow up a planet, but they, they can, can make a dent. They can blow stuff up. Like, yeah. it's not like those laser cannons are only good for blowing up other ships. Like, if you could, what, it's like dodgeball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Right, right. Like, if you can shoot a ship, you can shoot a planet. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like not that like, base isn't that big. Yeah, it's like if you're shooting a, another ship that's like, 20 miles away from you like you would in a space battle you can just shoot straight down and blow some stuff up on the planet but you never like that's one thing i think that's missing from it's from the star wars movies is you have in in empire strikes back you have a planet that's shooting at a starship but you never see like a starship shooting at a planet we need more starships shooting at planets (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, oh, did we, me, did we cover it all? I think we covered it all. Well, did we cover it all? Um, you got anything else? I don't know. Like we could do something, some final notes or something like that. I, sure. I, what did you? Th- what was your? What was your overall takeaway? I really in, enjoyed uh, them bringing the look of the original technology in the first trilogy. Yeah, they did a good job of that. Like, oh, hey, here's, you know, the original guidance system for a TIE fighter, like the original targeting system. Yeah. And, you know, like, here's the way buttons look on the Death Star. We didn't try to modernize it. Yeah, I thought it was also cool that all of, like, the Death Star plans looked like the Death Star plans in Episode 4. Right, right. And or Episode 6. I don't remember if there are Death Star plans in Episode 6, but definitely Episode 4. Yeah, they didn't try to do, like, an alternate Yeah, it still still looks like it's on an Apple IIe. Yeah, totally, totally. I was hoping that they would, you know, kind of, and maybe I don't remembering it wrong. Maybe they did do this, but have it be like, oh, we were only able to download fragments of the signal. And so that's why it looks like this garbage thing. Right. But then I think, no, I think they got the whole thing. Yeah. No, they, I think they did a good job. I think uh, they did a good job of connecting this to the original trilogy. Yeah. I like the idea of where like the guys running up to the hatch of the Tantive four, like while Darth Vader's moving down the corridor and he's like, just like somebody take this data right like card out of my hands and like keep it like pass it on, like get your ship out of here. And I kind of liked the whole like, oh Darth, you were this close. Sure. Like I I thought in that moment that that was the moment that Princess Leia was gonna come up and like 
grab it. I'm like, oh, thank you. I'll just take this over here. Yeah, no. Instead, she's on like the in like the bridge of the ship. Yeah, like, yeah. And somebody brings it to her. So, um, and then there's a long shot just looking at her face, and she's just like, "Here I am. I'm a Here's I'm my a face. computer. No one's ever like paused a shot on anyone's face this long in this movie, but here I am. Yeah. Um, where would you? Where would you rank this movie? Have you thought about that? In uh, in the lineage of Star Wars? The lineage of Star Wars. Are we only counting movies or are we counting extra stuff like like the Clone Wars all, show? All, just movies. Just movies. Not in, not counting uh, the Endor movies. I'd say that I... Ewok. Right, the Ewok. Ewok Adventures. Ewok Adventures. Uh... Which I have fond memories of, but I will never rewatch because I'm I've, sure it's hot garbage. I don't think I've ever watched one. I'm sure it's hot garbage. I remember there being a giant troll in it. Like it's not an Ewok movie; it's a giant troll movie. <laughs> um, it's better than the George Lucas prequels. Yeah. I, I'd rate it higher than all of those, as far as being a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say. It's kind of a a tie for me with uh the Force Awakens. Okay. I don't know. I feel like Force Awakens is maybe it was a little bit more exciting. I feel like the characters were a little but then I wasn't so hot on like so many callbacks and so many cameos in yeah. the Force Awakens. It's kind of a tie. It's kind of a tie for me. Like it's it's four or five, you know. Sure. I would say, um, for me, I, I post on Facebook like literally within half an hour, probably of seeing it, that it was at least the fifth best Star Wars movie. At least, at least the fifth best. Yeah, I agree with that. That's original trilogy, Force Awakens. I think that and leaves one. that leaves a lot of room for honest objectivity. But anyone claiming that the uh, the pre the George Lucas prequels are in any way better than the last two new movies they're they're wrong in my yeah, opinion yeah um i would say as far as rewatchability goes i feel like i would rewatch rogue one if rogue one and the force awakens were on at the same time i think i would rewatch rogue one interesting and maybe that's just because it's a little fresh in my head. But on my trip, I rewatched The Force Awakens. Like it was on like HBO or something. Right. So I did rewatch like half of it. And I think the way So you only made it halfway too. Well, no, I'm I'm I was like just I watched the whole I watched right, like right. to the end, but it was like the second half. Oh, okay. Um You picked up where I left off. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like Rogue One by being even though it's like mostly focused on the character of Jen. There are enough side characters that are well I thought that all the side characters were fairly well developed. Oh yeah. Um well like I like I said it's it's a uh shoot, I forgot the name of the movie. Magnificent Seven. It's a Magnificent Seven formula. It was like yeah. let's compile a group of ragtag ragtag experts. Yeah. You know? And and so I, I thought from that angle it made it a little little more rewatchable because you're not just the characters are trying to re- you're not just trying to reinvest in like a one or two character story right you're kind of like jumping around so you're you're not you don't have to think very hard it's more of a shoot 'em up yeah it it's really more of like is. a straight ahead war movie again you know going back to that 
that idea. So um, I feel like maybe I would enjoy it more as a rewatch, just knowing that I don't have to be too attached to these characters and I can just let them be right. what they are you in the can, moment. You can just like, like, it's like, cause you watch a star Wars movie and you're like, there's Han Solo. I'm going to see a lot of this guy. Yeah. Like I'm going to see a lot of movies with this guy in it where like you could rewatch this and be like, this is the only time you're going to see these characters. Yeah. You don't and have to kinda, like, there's something you don't have to necessarily that. remember everything that's going <laughs> on either because you can, if you were to zone out, like if it's on and you like zone out a little, you can be like, Oh, hold on. I want to see this part where the monk dude like runs out to the, to the tower control and then gets shot up. Yeah. And then his buddy comes out and like just fully flips out and kills everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you go from there like, oh, I want to see the scene where, where they like, where the X-Wings blow up the AT-ATs. Like there are all these like little short scenes where you don't, you don't have to stay like invested for a super long time to, to get a payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, here's, here's a final thought from me. Uh, I really liked the way that the Death Star, at not, when it was using its weapon at not full power, I really liked the way it like destroyed things. Because it was science fiction-y in a way where it's like, yeah, this stuff is being destroyed, but it's not in a way any of our weapons do it. Right. Like, if we detonate super weapons that we have here on Earth, it's like, you know, H-bomb that shoots out you know a hypersonic wave of destruction that blows everything down and you can't possibly get away from it and it's just this big shock wave yeah like this weapon it hits the planet and it's almost like the the never-ending story like the nothing coming in and ripping up the planet in giant slow motion chunks and it's like they didn't try to recreate an h-bomb which would have been so easy to do yeah they they came up with this new aesthetic of the planet literally like hemorrhaging and destroying in giant, like you can't imagine the scale pieces. Yeah. Well, but what, it's like it, not on the, it's not on the speed of it was, like a shock wave. It's like the planet itself is actually like rupturing out. Yeah. It was really like, it was when, a really spectacular they said like, like, visual effect. When they said like target this location, what they were really targeting was like half a mile below that location. Right. And that was like the point of impact. And so instead of having a shock wave at like a sea, like zero sea level, right. Your shock wave is super strong at like half a mile below. So it ends up destroying like everything within like a 50 mile radius, but it's doing it from below the surface by like destroying all of the like, like all of the crust, I guess, of the planet below yeah. the surface and everything's both blowing up and like being sucked down at the same time. Yeah. Like it was really weird. It was really cool. It was a really visually interesting and very like kind of disturbing effect. Like I really enjoyed that portion of it. Yeah. Um, Cause it like, you know, like, you watch a movie where an atom bomb goes off and it's like, oh, that's 10 miles away. These guys have like seconds. These guys have seconds to live. Where this weapon goes off, you see the city on the horizon. Yeah. And it's like, it's coming, guys. It's coming. You got to get out. You got to get out of there. Get to the ship, you know. 
And that happens in other movies, but with things that you know move fast. Mm -hmm. This thing, you don't, it doesn't register in anything you've ever seen before. So it's like the speed that it moves, you accept it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't go like, oh, that's not how that would work. Because it's showing, it's like I said, it's, it's science fiction. That's real science fiction. It's like, it's, it's, fiction because it's not it's something that doesn't exist but it maybe it could yeah you know um you've never seen it before and that's what's exciting about it and i thought that was a really powerful moment and i think that's what made me excited about star wars as a kid is seeing things that you hadn't seen before right you know this science fiction universe really it's like i think i said this about something else uh some other movie series. Oh, I said it about the walking dead when like a, right. a main character died at uh, the beginning of the last season. I was like, you know what? I don't actually care about the main characters. It's the world that is interesting to me. Yeah. The world that they live in. There was good stuff in rogue one that gave me that experience of like, I'm entertained by the, ro- mm-hmm. the world that they exist in instead of just them relying on the characters. Yeah. Um, I would say for, I think there was stuff me, like there was stuff like that in 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 uh, the other one too. What is it called? The Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah, I, I really liked parts yeah, of that I, too. I, I like that they. I feel like I was a little more informed about like the the greater universe of the sure. show uh, after this movie. Uh, I would say the thing that I liked about it is um, I feel like they wrapped everything up without. They like they made everything tidy without me walking on the movie. Like, well, of course they had to kill everybody, um, because I, so I watched I watch a lot of YouTube videos. There's a channel called the Film Theorists uh-huh. that I watch, and they put out a theory that I really liked. That the and this was before the movie came out that the characters in Rogue One are the Knights of Ren from the Force Awakens, which is like Kylo Ren's goon squad, basically. Okay, and it doesn't really make sense from a timeline standpoint. But in one of the Star Wars books, because they're always publishing these books, they published concept art for The Force Awakens and they show the Knights of Ren. And the Knights of Ren are like, they're named like the heavy, the monk, the sniper, uh, the engineer, and the rogue. Right. And effectively, the characters that you have in Rogue One are the heavy... The guy with the heavy weapons, right? But like I you said, know, magnificent all, all seven, things. right? Like that's that is a trope to have like different people with different skills, right? But I was like super, like oh man, like that would be kind of interesting to see if they tie this in. But I also didn't think like the way that they killed everybody off didn't feel cheap. I I will say that the the last two characters <laughs> they they killed off, I kind of wish they would have did it differently. Sure. I they kind of did it in a way and kind of the same way that Saw Guerrera dies, which is like we're just tired, right? Um, I w- whereas everyone else, like I feel like, dies on their feet, so to say. Um, so but overall, like I really enjoyed this movie. Um, people who like haven't enjoyed it, I just assume aren't super into Star Wars. I definitely didn't not enjoy it like i had <laughs> like i i know that's a double negative i i enjoyed it but i definitely didn't come out like oh that sucked 
Like it was an enjoyable movie. Yeah. I it felt good. Yeah. And I think I honestly, I think for a lot of people, like I, I'm not, I kind of go back and forth on this cause I don't know if I'm one of these people, but I think it was kind of cool to tell a different story that didn't involve, right. You know, a bunch of Skywalker family drama. Right. Or like, yeah, totally. Because ultimately like, especially like post prequels, it's, Star Wars was never science fiction. It was space opera. Sure. Right? And especially the prequels is so much like talking and political drama. And even The Force Awakens, like the overarching story of The Force Awakens is, where's Luke? Oh, we found Luke's, we found Anakin's lightsaber. But where's Luke? We got to give him his dad's lightsaber. Oh, no, that's my grandpa's lightsaber. You should give it to me. Yeah, but... You're a you're a douche. We want to give it to your uncle, like and it's this whole thing with like this this family drama, and it was kind of neat to have a movie where it's like, look, there's a little family drama because this girl lost her dad, and we don't really know if he's evil or not. Right. But for the most part, like we're just all about blowing stuff up and stealing stuff and watching other stuff get blown up. Yeah. This is Magnificent Seven meets The Great Escape meets The Dirty Dozen. Right, right. Meets, like, it's like... It's a heist movie. It's a classic heist war movie. Yeah. It's not this... There's there's interpersonal drama, but it's worked in, in a way where you're like, look, guys, just get over it and go blow something up. And then yeah. they that's what they do. They get over it and they blow something up. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing more... And obviously, Disney's going to beat Star Wars to death. Oh, yeah. Into the ground. Like, yeah. people are going to be sick of Star Wars in Hey, in a year, we'll be doing this years. episode for episode eight. We'll be doing yeah. another Assassin's Creed well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more movies that necessarily aren't necessarily connected to the original storyline. We're just like, oh, here's something happening in this universe. Right. Like, let's show you, like, this character that you never even knew existed it you know this group of characters like doing something that's not even really connected to the empire right. or something like I, that. i know? liked how this movie did something that involved a storyline that you knew happened but you didn't necessarily know how it happened right so you got to see something that like puts that explains a moment in a movie yeah without it being like Again, involving a bunch of characters that you already know that you're yeah. maybe you're not sick of them, but like you're just kind of like, all right, it's going to be so boring when they do this again, but with a bu- bunch of boffins getting the plans for the next. Death oh my Star. gosh! Like, we've already seen this. I don't think that one's going to happen. I hope not. I think let's they're going to ra- do this. Wrap this up. They're going to do the Han Solo half. movie, and then they're going <coughs> to who knows. All right. Uh, again, wow, we did a we did an hour and a half. Yeah. All right, you should cut some of it out. Just kidding. Uh, thanks to Sinusoid. Uh, if you're looking for a cable, an instrument cable, a patch cable, um, whatever, uh, you just want to see what fun things are there are to do on the internet. I actually, like, I go on the build your cable thing and just goof around yeah, sometimes. Yeah, totally. Uh, head on over to sinusoid.com. They're super great. Thanks, guys, for sponsoring us. And uh, I'm hoping this is working out for you. Yep. We'll uh, see you at NAM. Yep. I mean, the, you're, you're, you've already met us. You already saw us at NAM. Yeah. Uh, we got this week's song from Tyson Brinnicombe. Uh He says, I realize this is the third one I've submitted in the past year. So no hurt if it doesn't get aired. Too bad we're airing it. Uh, this is the project of my partner, Steph, and I. The band is called Esther Gray, and the song is called Fried Blood. 
We try to go for a spooky surf garage folk feel, like if the Deltones were baking up Billy Holiday. I don't I know. know the, you don't know the Deltones? I don't know the Deltones. Okay. I thought it was a typo. No, that's that's a that's a band. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Tell me. Uh, no, don't tell me. All right. Uh, Steph plays an unbranded '60s Japanese guitar through a five-watt '60s amp made by Keel, a local company. Her chain on the song was Tube Screamer, 808 reissue into an EHX Cathedral. I played a Nord and the drums. Our bassist used one of the newer Dan Electros. Everything went through the saturation side of my deco at some point, and the vocals were recorded through my Deluxe Reverb reissue. Nice. So this is going to be a cool track. Uh, thanks, Tyson, for bringing it in. Tyson is supposed to be sending us an intro rap. Oh, cool. Point. So it's a like our intro, yeah, uh, but like a rap version of it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so thanks, Tyson, for the song. And... Uh, Tune in later this week for hopefully lots of NAM content. Hopefully. There's going to be a lot. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Later, guys. Bye. Like a blindness